talking to women of <laughs> talking to the honest. women of video games <laughs> about to the women of video games about people I guess that's what it would, it would be. be yeah, yeah it would be the opposite mm-hmm yeah I'm gonna start over I can't help it I just can't help it Thanks again, everyone, for coming back for another Talking to Women About Video Games, episode 17. I'm here with Tanya. It is I. It is her. And we're going to be talking about a subject that is near and dear to my heart, and that's, are video games good for you, or are they bad for you? Can you paint with that kind of a broad brush? Is it either or? Is it one or the other? No. But it can be a lot of different things, and it's going to be pretty interesting. We have two new guests and an old friend on the show today. The new guest is named Sari. I'm really excited about these new guests. They're great. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. They are folks whom I've talked to a little bit on Twitter here and there. Sari revealed some things about herself that I never knew about how much she's been listening to my podcast, for one. I know. I was surprised about that. I wish somebody would listen to me. Anybody in in my personal or professional life. (laughs) You mean your podcast or just when you talk. Yeah, just in general. To other people. That was really sweet. Yeah, it was very nice. And you're going to hear it right now. I'm going to talk to Sari about whether World of Warcraft is good for you or not. When I turn on the radio So I'm here with Sari, someone who has listened to me before. I've never listened to them before. I've already had a great time in the pre-show listening to her talk about how she's listened to me talk. She plays video games and I play video games. So much to talk about already. Sari, how are you? I am good. Um, the time difference means it's 2 a.m. here, but I am oh, good. Oh, no. <laughs> I won't keep you up too late. Do you have no. to do stuff like bright and early in the morning or do you get to sleep in tomorrow? Um, yeah, I do actually have to do stuff bright and early tomorrow morning. I'm taking my dad to well, the hospital. He's fine. He's fine. But it's at 7 a.m. But it's fine. What? Yeah. I, and you stayed oh, up for you. Are, yeah. Are you I sure have a wanna... six-month-old, so I don't need to sleep anymore. Like, once you become <laughs> a parent, like, you just forget. Like, sleep isn't something you need. you're fine you know what's interesting i've been eating less and (laughs) i sort of feel like i'm free like i'm not a slave to you anymore food i'll just eat you tomorrow and sleep it can be the same way until you start to die or get sick or have hallucinations or anything so i i want you to get some sleep soon we will jump into this pretty quickly but before we started recording you were telling me that you've been listening to things i've been doing for a little while i wanted to hear more about that yeah, so genuinely, since I'd say 2009, I've been listening to Destructoids. I've been listening to podcasts like you, Jim and Conrad, have been doing pretty sure. much all of them. Um, <laughs> on wow. repeat, I was a huge Dismal Jesters fan, like ridiculously. I would make everyone I've ever lived with. I obviously, when this comes out, I am going to give it to my friends. And I've lived with most of my best friends through university and stuff. And I would just have it on constantly while I was raiding, gaming, doing the dishes in the shower. I still have it on every day in the shower. I still play just old episodes of Dismal Jesters. And I'm on to Boston's favorite son now. <laughs> and wow. I just, I replay them. I literally replay them. I'm obsessed with the work you and those guys do. I really love it. It makes me laugh. Yeah. That's so great to hear. And you play, <laughs> you play while you do other things. That's one of the things that's interesting to me about it because I've never really wanted to listen to any of the podcasts I've ever done. I love some of the things that Jim and Conrad have said. I've never want to listen to my own voice again. It kills me. Oh, but, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh, ugh, no thanks. But... You listen to this show while, and this makes more sense to me. I can't picture just listening to one of the shows that I've done with Jim, Stephanie, and Comrade and not feel like, oh man, my life is, my life is being taken away. It's, really, <laughs> oh, it's no, killing, no. killing my brain. But you pay attention to other things and have yeah. that on in the background, sort of 
our friendship, which is decades old now, uh, more than a decade anyway, and genuine and strange. So, you know, it's genuine because we couldn't pretend to act the way we do <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> we can't help but act that way. Yeah. So it's a genuine friendship that you get to listen to while you play something like World of Warcraft, which is a game yes. that for me anyway, feels both very real and very fake at the same time. Yeah, so I've been playing WoW for over 15 years, which wow. is more than half my life. Oh my God, I've never thought about it like that. Yeah, a very long time. And it started, I don't want to get too dark. I was really unwell when I was younger. Um, mm. And I didn't even go to school from like the ages of like 13 to 16 because mm -hmm. I was so sick. And that was when I played the most of it. <laughs> so it was around the time Wrath of the Lich King had come out. And like anybody who plays Wife to listen to this, they know that that's like the best expansion we ever got, right? Like it's been downhill from there, some downhill more than That others. was uh, 13, 15 years ago? <laughs> yeah, 2009, so about 13 years ago now. Yeah. Wow. Uh -huh. um, yeah. <laughs> I would play it all night and all day. Like, I found schoolwork really easy because I was doing it from home. Mm. So I do everything I had to do in an hour and then just spend the rest of my life on World of Warcraft. And because I spent so much time on it, I decided to join a guild that was going for an EU first race to kill the Lich King. Um, oh, what is, what is that? Yeah. Tell me about this race. So basically what it is, is guilds will compete to kill raid bosses the quickest. Now, I didn't kill Lich King first on EU. I uh, killed Festergut, which is a boss, like, you think he's like the sixth or seventh boss? It was a long time ago now. Huh. And basically, yeah, the end game content on WoW is raiding. There's other things to do, but the big, you know, who kills what first. And, you know, there's a world first race every year now across the world. And it's normally either a guild called Limit who win now, or it used to be Method, but... um. Oh God, did you see any of that on Twitter? Like why they uh, broke up? <laughs> I know, I, I saw Method was trending. I didn't know if it was Method Man or the Urban Method. Is that the name of a, a rap group? The, the, <laughs> chemical, the Chemical Brothers, the Chemical Method. I, I oh, didn't know what it was. I, so it, oh. it's a World of Warcraft group that broke up? So they were probably the most famous guilds in WoW. They would pretty much get every single world first kill. And, you know, they like were basically comprised of the best players in the world. Hmm. And then one of them did some not so great things, <laughs> like illegal, not great things. Oh, um, crimes. With like, yeah, crimes with people who weren't old enough. Um, oh, no, those kinds like bad, the predatory, yeah. predatory <laughs> like crimes. The worst oh. crimes, yeah. yeah. Those are some of the worst, yeah. And the whole guild fell apart. And it was a big deal for the WoW community because, like, methods were the people putting out things like guides on how to do the bosses. They had their own add-ons that you'd put in the game for, like, mm. different dungeons. They were huge. And, yeah, Method Josh, man. What Son of a doing? gun. He let yeah, you down. Yeah, he wrecked it. He let us all down, yeah. He's the Bill Cosby of WoW. He's <laughs> the Wasby. Yeah. He's Bill Wasby, Josh. Yeah, so that leaves an opening for you. Can you oh, for sure, play? yeah. Yeah, and no, I'm <laughs> like a working guess. mother. No. Um, I do still play competitively, though. I run a guild, and we're currently 7 out of 10 on Mythic, which is like, it's still in the top maybe 3% of players on WoW, but my guild wouldn't even consider itself hardcore. It's basically like a retirement home for like... <laughs> People who used to play to a really high level that just don't have the time anymore, you know? Huh, um, but you're still 7 out of 10 and still in the top 3%. Actually, this podcast yeah. you're on, I think, is in the top 3% of podcasts too. But there's awesome. millions of podcasts. Yeah, for so sure. It's so not it's not huge, like that. but it's doing better than all the ones that have like 50 listens each, which is most podcasts. So yeah. interesting. And what is it that keeps you in to World of Warcraft? It was so kind of you to disclose oh, that you suffered from some illness for a few years. It sounds like you got better, I'm hoping. Um, so <laughs> my health's just always been a bit crap. The main reason I think I've stayed with WoW is because all my best friends are people I met on WoW. Mm. 
my best friend in the whole world is Norwegian and my other best friend I met at university, but then he joined our guild, especially in the pandemic, right? All my social contact is online and it always has been with my same friends. And not only that, but it's kind of impossible to not get attached to your characters if you've been playing them for that long, right? Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah because obviously they keep releasing more content. Something else I got really attached to is my character in Skyrim, um, mm. just because I was playing it for so long. I've put so many hours into that game. Yeah. But it ends, right? Because it's a game that ends. You can get all sorts of you know extra content for it and stuff, but it will end because it's a storylined game, right? Right. But WoW doesn't, because obviously they just keep adding to it. So it's like every new expansion, there's more stuff to do with a character that you're attached to. And... It's one of those things where, like, I don't know if I'd entirely recommend it to people. It gets a worse reputation than it deserves, though. I can wholeheartedly say that. You know, people think, oh, yeah, it's just addictive and it's boring and, like, you're just going to get sucked into it. I don't even want to try it. And I would say people should try it. Like, (laughs) they should try it because they've made so many changes to the game. Some of them good, some of them bad. But I'd say they're trying to make it more accessible to like new players right and does that work for you or is that a downgrade because you're not a new player it used to be kind of a downgrade because they would do it by making content easier and then they kind of opened up feedback and made it so that near players they can even level in a completely different zone they can do other things i mean you know, they need to make it a bit harder for newer players because mm. a lot of the time people are getting to max level and then they're playing with someone who's been playing for 15 years and it's not their fault that they don't really know what's going on because it kind of doesn't introduce you to any of the end game mechanics as you're leveling. Sure. So you kind of just get thrown into this pit, right? With like people who've been playing more than half their life like me, right? And you get frustrated if someone's doing it badly and not in a mean way, but it's just kind of exhausting if you have to keep telling someone over and over again how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's where like I see a lot of people who play it more casually are just, oh, everyone's really elitist. Nobody has time for like people who are learning. And it's like, yeah, I get it. But so I get both sides, right? Yes, I want to help people, but I also get why people are very tired of people who know nothing being in the game. I mean, most people didn't play a massive online (laughs) role-playing game because they wanted to help anyone else and like be philanthropic and empathetic. Most people played it, I thought, because they're like, well, life sucks. I'm powerless. I'm going to jump into this huge, unpredictable world and see if I can feel like I'm good at this and get empowered and explore and collect And do all the things that you can't do when life is limiting you, like when you're sick or when you're in a pandemic or whatever it may be. But it sounds like because so many people have defined themselves in part by who they are when they play this game, that when they play the game and they're kind of a jerk and they are not kind to the new players, it's like I'm a jerk in real life a little bit because this is who I really am. When you play WoW, the way you were describing how your character is a big part of you because they've been in your life for half of your life. <laughs> they, yeah, you, yeah, you've you've spent sure. more time conscious and alive because <laughs> we can't really count the baby years, you know, like zero to two yeah, is kind true. of a wash. And then, <laughs> you know, uh, since then more of your uh, adult life anyway, you've spent with wow as part of it than not. It is who you are. <laughs> in some I never thought of it like that. Yeah. yeah. Great. Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So, and when you were trying to, it seems as though you are internally conflicted and were deciding earlier when you were talking about it to tell people to try it. But even then, it sounded like you were trying to convince yourself a little bit. Like, just, it's okay. You can try it. But part of you seemed like you were saying, if you go down that road, son, if you start playing this thing... (laughs) You're, 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 there's no looking back. Once you're in, you're in and you'll never get out. That's how it sounded a little bit. Tell me if I'm getting that yeah, right. Yeah, it feels like when you're at a house party, right? Like you've just gone to university and there's someone there who's never had a shot before. Mm. And you're like, just drink it. Go on, that'll be fun. And you're like, you know it's going to make them sick because they've never drank before, right? <laughs> and you know they're going to be ill, but you're like, it'll be fun while you try it. And at least you can say you've done it. (laughs) I won't diverge too much, but I also used to play Smite competitively, which is a, I've forgotten the word for it, uh, MOBA. Mm. 
Yeah, like oh, right, uh, League right, right. of Legends or yeah. Sure. But Smite is like a third person, so it's kind of different, and um, and that's toxic, right? Don't play Smite. I mean. <laughs> I don't want to say that because I'd love to do art for high res, <laughs> but don't play that game. It plays yeah. you, Smythe. It, it gets its hooks in you, and then so, you don't yeah. feel like you can stop even if you want to. It's more just it changes you as a person. Whoa. I'm So people in my life, they say they've only heard me be angry maybe twice mm-hmm. in my entire life. I'm a really chill person. I, I don't shout or anything. But in Smite, I just get so annoyed with everybody. Like, <laughs> it makes me toxic and everybody's toxic and mean. WoW can sometimes be like that, but generally you'll actually find really nice people on it. God, and there's so many little sub-communities on it as well. Um, there's RP realms, which is like um, where you RP as your character. And they have strict Role rules like naming yeah yeah mm. and those i've never really been able to get into that i like them as servers because it tends to attract people who care more about the lore of the game and the collecting part and i love that i love that about the game and i think that's probably why we stayed on it for so long because it's got competitive aspects which appeal to me but you can also just sit and do achievements which are sometimes just collecting pets i mean there's one right where all you have to do is go around the world and hug every little critter you see like bunnies and stuff oh yeah yeah yeah. so you can do either you can you know play it hardcore get your spreadsheets out make sure you've got the best possible gear min max everything you're doing and then you can you know once you're done in your raid you can be like right i'm gonna go work on my bunny achievement now and just (laughs) sit back (laughs) i mean it sounds like it is a world hence the name yeah where how you choose to live is going to directly affect the quality of your life. So if you want to be mean and violent and and non-collaborative, then you can live a solitary sociopathic life in that game and still do a lot. (laughs) Or you can decide to be kind, to just focus on the story or focus on the character and the personality and the writing and write your own story in it. If that's the the path you choose, it's what you make it. 100%. I'd say a big criticism from people who've been playing a long time is that they've made it so you can get kind of everything done on your own now, whereas you used to have to be in a guild. And guilds are like a huge part of WoW, right? It's basically like the community that you play with. And Mm. they used to be such a big deal because you couldn't really get anything done without one because everything would need multiple people to do it. Like if you wanted to do something harder, even when you were just leveling, you'd have to like ask people in general chat, can anybody come help me? I can't kill this ogre. But now you're so strong while leveling, you basically never need help from anyone else. And then with the group finders and stuff, you can just click put me in a group like you would in like a match lobby for any other game right Mm. you just search for other people and you used to have to do that by asking people right you used to have to post in channels and be like will you do this with me can you do this with me obviously that made people talk more right um and now you can just do the whole thing you click join a group they accept you or it's an automatic one even and then you do it you don't have to speak to anyone the entire time and you're out again it's good for someone like me who's got less time than they used to have, right? I have a baby, I work, I don't really have time to be sat in Stormwind begging people to do a dungeon with me, like, I don't have time, yeah. So being able to click something and going, yeah, great, is brilliant, but it definitely has taken away a lot of what made WoW, WoW. That actually would be the main reason I wouldn't know whether to tell someone to start playing now, because it's really hard to find that community find that friendship group now because everything's so easy Mm -hmm. whereas it used to be that you'd have to find people and it would be easy because people would be looking for you and yeah Um, it's a lot lonelier now I think to play it yeah I bet it sounds like the connections you form with people if you want to call it forming you're not forming it you're just clicking Mm. and then all of a sudden it's happening it doesn't feel as though it's earned it's like online socializing on easy mode And therefore, because there was no challenge, there was no achievement and no genuine connection. Whereas in the olden days, you had to really stick your neck out and be like, will you team up with me on this? And when somebody says yes, after you stick your neck out, that means something. So Yeah, for sure. And you had to be a nicer person because the servers weren't linked at all, right? So mm. for example, when I was playing, I played on a server called, well, one of them I played on was called Anachronos, right? And it was really small and everybody knew everyone. 
So like, if you were a dick to people, if you were mean to people, the GM of the guild you were mean to people in would tell other people on the server and then no one would play with you. Wow. You would get blacklisted from loads of stuff and I've been a GM a long time. I used to get in-game, you can send like in-game letters to people and you go check your mailbox in-game and see what you've got, right? I used to get in-game letters from people complaining about people in my guild because they'd like killed people in PvP combat and then camped them and not just killed them once and moved on. And Wow. And they'd so, be like, you need to blacklist this player. And now that doesn't exist at all because everything is cross-realm. So there's no way you're ever going to meet the same person twice. Oh, so interesting. There's no accountability anymore and it makes people meaner. It really does. I bet. Wow. Yeah. I could talk to you about this all day, but you have to take your dad to the hospital in about five <laughs> hours. So we should probably wrap it up, but I hope you can come on again sometime. I haven't played World of Warcraft sure. for more than 15 minutes in my life, but now... I feel like I could hear you talk about it forever. Just endlessly fascinating. Anything oh, you wanted to? So sweet. Oh, it's absolutely true. Anything you wanted people to hear from you about World of Warcraft before we wrap up, or did you say it all? Um, I would say definitely try it because you can play for free for a month. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if you get addicted. It's not my fault, right? <laughs> I warned you, it, it, you might get addicted to it. It could take over your life, but I still think it's just worth a shot. You only I don't once. want the blood on my hands. <laughs> you don't want the blood on your hands. Thank you yeah. so much, Sari. That was, that was a delight. Oh, you're welcome. This has been amazing for me. It's like a 10 year long realized dream. So thank you for having me, really. World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft, it's cool! So interesting to hear about how World of Warcraft literally is another world where you can live a good life where you're a good person and do good things, or you can live a garbage life and be a piece of crap and in the end, either way, whether you're a good person in World of Warcraft or a bad person in World of Warcraft, it doesn't necessarily affect people in the same way being a good or bad person in real life does. Like nobody, I think, is going to jail for the crimes they commit against other people in World of Warcraft. I, I bet you there are some that have. Yeah? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. I'm not an expert on it by any means, but Sari is, and hopefully we'll have her on to talk again. She was telling me that she's a lecturer. She helps people with their world design. She helps yeah, people to understand awesome. how to world build. She's an artist. She's just so filled with passion. She slept for probably like four hours that Oh my God. And I loved how she talked about the game being such a huge part of her life. And it kind of makes me think about when something is that big a part of your life, can you even qualify it as good, bad? It's just a part of you. And I could kind of hear her taking a step back and being like, whoa, it is a huge part of my life. And what does that mean about me? That a video game has been in my formative years. Mm -hmm. It's still here with me now. I have relationships because of it. What does that all even mean? I know. It's a new frontier. Nobody has ever been alive before. We are the first to be alive and be able to say, I've been playing video games. Massive multiplayer online role-playing video games. The same one world. I'm in that world. For half my life. For half, Yeah. It truly is like an alternate reality that you live in. If you think about it, I felt like she was like, wow, I live in this world. Mm -hmm. And now I also live in that world. I have my real world, but I always go back to that other world. And the other world has other people in it. The other world has real things happening in it that affect other people. So what's the difference between the real world and the virtual one if the impact is the same or is right. at least similar? It is something I wish I had a fun parallel story to tell about but all i have is pokemon oh pokemon pokemon's cute pokemon is quite cute but pokemon was unhealthy for this guy for oh really oh yeah so did you were you like obsessively playing pokemon i was obsessively playing the video games and i really got into it i played not the first game the second third fourth i liked a lot fifth one it got its hooks deep into me okay what was the name of the fifth one almost doesn't matter but i'll tell you it's pokemon black and white i bought it in japan when i was on a trip to japan i was at the tokyo game show bought it import didn't even understand the language barely understood japanese played the whole thing caught like almost them all 
And then I bought it again when it came out in the United States and played through the whole thing again and wait almost caught them all again. Wait, wait, wait. Was it the same exact game or was it like a different version, just like the English version? I bought black in Japan. I bought white in oh English. My it's gosh. very similar. I think white has a forest and black has a city. Beside the point, the point is... I thought, oh, this is a fun video game. I work, I do things, I'm busy, I'm stressed. This will be my little relief. This will be like Like my, my little outlet, just like my brainless fun. I can go to it for an hour and then I'll come back to life and I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Like other people say, well, I'll make an excuse. I can, I can drink this beer. It's bad for me. Or I'll do X, Y, Z. Yeah, I'm just going to unwind. <laughs> people treat self-care. Sorry, guys. Oh, there's a cat fight. Who's going to win? <laughs> Stripes versus skins. It's definitely not going to be Miles. No, he's the stripy one. He's, he's a big the baby. big. He's the biggest of them all, and he's a baby. If only you could see that baby, listeners. Uh, we'll see if we leave this in. If well, so, yeah, we, we should, don't even know. Yeah, we should put some cute cat music behind it. So, speaking of animals fighting, Pokemon. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. You fight in Pokemon. Oh. But you, I don't know if you knew that. No. Yeah, they fight well, each no, other. Well, no, they. Oh, I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> you sort of knew. I sort, sort of knew. Of didn't. Yeah, you catch them and you have them fight each other. And when you fight them, you beat up a wild Pokemon real bad, but not enough to make it actually knock out. And then you catch it. And right. then you collect it. Then I was obsessed with collecting them. To me, it was like this collecting... This sounds like, like, a, like a, a cute version of a, like, you know... Gosh, I was going to say something terrible. Yeah, it's probably been said before. <laughs> like a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> that one has not been said. That one has not been said. I know Except of. keeping them alive. Oh, it's like it's a kidnapping <laughs> horrible person. It is a little Dahmer-esque in a way. Yeah. You beat them almost to the point of death. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. And then you just let them linger there. Then you keep them in your basement or, yeah. or they just disappear. Hundreds. I caught like 500 Pokemon yeah, in, in the basement. Was that a terrible thing to say? No, it was wonderful. Okay. It was a wonderful observation. So many things have been said about Pokemon. I made a cartoon called Teenage Pokemon. That's, That's how right. I was the Pokemon for a little bit. So I started just getting obsessed with catching these Pokemon yep. and not doing my real life responsibilities. People saying, pick me up at the train. I'm like, sure, I'd love to pick you up at the train. Then I'd start playing Pokemon. I'd be like, uh... I, it doesn't take that long to get to the train station, does it? Before you I know it, people off? blowing people off to catch Pokemon, blowing off schoolwork, blowing off work, work, and the only way it ever ended, thank God, is I caught them all. Oh my God! I literally really? caught them all. Genera you, nobody had an intervention with you. Nobody sat you down and. No said one actually cares about each other in this world of ours. People are just like, oh, he's a flop. He's a Pokemon lover. A grown man I was in my twenties, I think, maybe thirties. Actually, yes, thirties. Playing Pokemon. Lost cause. Loser. Give up on him. And luckily, I caught them all and did not maintain my Pokemon passions. Pokemon fever eventually subsided. So I think what you're actually doing right now is you're bragging a little bit. You're like, I, I <laughs> caught them all. I didn't. I don't need to play. I, I'm I not actually, sure if that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I did catch them all. Yeah, I did. Listener. <laughs> I, <laughs> it is uh, not a badge of honor for me. I think that it was fun for me. I like to talk about things that, that were fun. I'm glad I caught them all. I still look at them. It, to me, it's like a collection of art. Each Pokemon design is its own little piece of art. And a lot of thought and creativity went to it. They all express something unique. You can compare them to each other. Or you can just look at an individual Pokemon for a long time and be like, look at that. Look at that. Somebody's going to make an NFT. Oh, yeah. Embedded in these video games. It's the somehow. exact same thing. Yeah, there's yeah. going to be an NFT game, and there's going to be a game that's NFT, and it's all going to commingle. Oh, man. The good news is a new Pokemon game came out, and I am not totally obsessed with it. It's my favorite game of the year. That's great. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it, but it is not taking over my life as of yet. It's called New Pokemon Snap, and we have a new guest, Christine, known as Pokedoll on Twitter. Pokedoll66, if I remember correctly. Mm. And she and I have also been talking for a little while. And now she's on the show. Gonna talk to me about her playing Pokemon Snap and me talking, frankly, yeah, kind of a lot about Pokemon Snap, too. You so. love it. I love it. And I love Christine. Let's cut over to Christine. It's time for Christine and we're gonna have a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. It's gonna be a hoot. We might even see a hoot hoot. So I'm here with Christine, a new friend. An old friend, in a way. We've talked off and on for years, but this is the first time that you've been on this show, and hopefully not the last. Christine, how are you? 
I am great. Yeah, that's true. We've kind of talked a little bit for a while, but I'm really excited to be on the show. Thank you so much for wanting to be on the show. And thank you for being another grown-up that I can talk to about new Pokemon Snap with actual voice. I tweet about it. I text some other adults about it. But this is the first time I've ever talked to another person and heard their voice say they love new Pokemon Snap. Or do you? Am I putting words in your mouth or do you love it? I do love it. It's very different than any Pokemon game that I've ever played. But it, it has its own unique challenges. Interesting. So you're a grown-up. I'm a grown-up. You were probably alive for the original Pokemon Snap that was on the Nintendo 64. They even had kiosks you could go to at Blockbuster Video and other hot spots around the nation and actually play Pokemon Snap and then print out pictures real physical pictures you could put in your wallet, like wallet-sized snaps of your Pokemon. But that was back in the Nintendo 64 degree of graphics, the low-res textures, the low-polygon count characters. You're playing in luscious, switchified, high-def graphics with, with Pokemon Snap. Did you ever play the original one? I did not play the original one. In fact, I am ashamed to say that I never even owned a Nintendo 64. I, I had a Super Nintendo and then never progressed beyond that until the Wii came out. So never played the original Snap. Interesting. So I interact with a lot of adults every day that if I admit to them that I even like video games, I will never get a promotion from that person. There's a lot of stigma if you like video games and you're over a certain age, whereas you're ashamed that you didn't have a Nintendo 64. <laughs> I, love, I love the culture flip on that one. And you said this is the first Pokemon game you've played of this type. You didn't play the original Pokemon Snap. If you don't mind me asking, what was the very first Pokemon game you ever played? The very first technically console Pokemon game that I ever played was Let's Go Eevee. Whoa, that one came out like five years ago, four? That's yes. incredible. And you are, I'm, I'm not going to guess your age. You're not as old as me. I know that for sure. But you are not like 18. So it's not because of uh, your extreme youth that you hadn't played Pokemon before that. It was because I guess you weren't too interested in it. Is that what happened? It just was never a thing for me. Um, I, I don't know why. I mean, I play, I've played video games since I, you know, I had a, an Atari when I was a kid. So I, I played video games for a while, but sure. just never got into Pokemon. And for some reason, I was playing Pokemon Go. I was very, very into that. Just the aspect of going out into the real world and getting to, to do these things. And so when Let's Go Eevee came out, that for me was a very close transition to playing Pokemon Go. So that's what I got into. Wow. I want to hear more about this. So Pokemon Go, massive phenomenon, of course. And I think most people suspected that Pokemon Go fans grew up with the card games, grew up with the cartoon, maybe grew up with the games. But the card game was really what was biggest in this country anyway. I knew some people who played the games, but everybody I knew at a certain age was playing the card games 20 years ago. Jeez, man, time flies. So you were around for all that. But you didn't touch the card games? You didn't watch the cartoon? Any of that stuff? I didn't. That just, it wasn't my thing at the time. It became my thing later. I don't know why I gravitated towards it. When it comes to games, I'm the type of person that would have to 100% a game. Like, I have ah. to do everything. And so Pokemon really speaks to me in that way because you have to catch them all. And so <laughs> that's what I want to do. I hate to harp on it, but I'm just so curious. Did you bounce off of Pokemon earlier because you thought maybe it was for kids? The cartoon, frankly, and this insults a lot of people, and I'm sorry to insult you in advance, but the cartoon is not that great. And I say that as someone who actually hired the original actor for Brock to be in a cartoon I made years ago called Teenage Pokemon. I had him come back and reprise the role. I think he's a great voice actor. I think there's a lot of great things about the show, but the show itself isn't exactly Shakespeare, so to speak. They walk around, maybe they fight, maybe they don't. The end. I like Jesse James and Meowth a whole bunch. They're very charming, lovable antiheroes, but I wouldn't blame you if at an adult age, you saw the cartoon and thought maybe Pokemon isn't for me. So was that it? 
I don't know. It just never, never really grabbed me. I don't know if maybe having a child of my own for some reason decided to get me into that because I mean, I, I love watching the Pokemon shows with my daughter now. I mean, oh. she, she's better than, than Ash. She can watch the show and she'll be like, that's team rocket right there. Nobody knows they're in disguise. So, I mean, it's just, it's fun for me. Huh? Interesting. And have you been playing new Pokemon snap with your daughter or are you playing it by yourself? I do play it with her sometimes. I have to limit that because, you know, she she's five years old. So she's like, I see a Pokemon. I'm going to take a picture of it. And I'm like, no, no, it's not a diamond level picture. So. <laughs> just, I was just having a heated argument with my five-year-old in the same way. I've been throwing apples at Pokemon to try to get two-star pictures for him. And he's like, the apples make the picture suck, dad. I hate this picture of apples. Like very, very sassy and insulting. He's just old enough to be able to understand what an insult is. He wants the clean, pristine pictures that tend to be one-star pictures that I already have a ton of. Anyway, I'm getting way ahead of myself. For people who haven't played it, Pokemon Snap is a game where you sit in a sort of rover that goes on rails. It's literally like an on-rail shooter, but you don't shoot a gun. You shoot a camera and you take pictures of Pokemon and that's it. The only way to physically interact with them is to throw apples at them or maybe throw a ball that glows. I think that's it. Or scan them. You can tickle them with electric waves with a scan. That even barely counts. Am I summing it up pretty well, Christine? Is that Pokemon Snap in a nutshell? Basically, I think the only thing that you miss was the flute. You know, you can play music for them and get them all like happy and wake them up and make them dance. So, I mean, that's another way. But yeah, it's very chill, laid back. Although I somehow find a way to make it competitive. So, (laughs) (laughs) Competing like against yourself or are you online checking out other people's pictures and trying to take better snaps? Right now it's against myself. Typically when it comes to Pokemon, I'm constantly competing with my boyfriend because he and I are on separate teams. Hmm. Um, He is on Team Instinct and I am on Team Valor and that is a constant thing between us. Sure. So, you know, I, I told him, you need to buy this game. I don't care if you want to buy this game, you need to buy it and we can see who takes better pictures. <laughs> and he complied? He said, yes, I will buy the <laughs> he picture. He hasn't yet. He, he hasn't yet. So oh, we'll, okay. So we'll you see. bought it, but you want him to buy it too so I do. you can start competing. I do. That is fun because it's an extremely passive game. When I first played it, I thought maybe I shouldn't have spent that $60 because it really was just like watching a predetermined Pokemon video. You move through the space on rails and little things happen around you and you may be able to take a picture of them. You Maybe you'll miss the opportunity to take a picture of them, but there's no physical interaction, at least at the very start. And this is before you get the flute and the apples and the glowing balls and all that stuff. But then I played it one more time to try to do a little better than I did before, to try to get a little bit better selection of pictures, to try to capture those moments before I miss them. And all of a sudden I felt that itch. I'm like, just one more game, one more game. And every round is only five minutes or so. So it's a lot like playing a traditional shoot 'em up the kind of games I grew up like Gradius and R-Type and stuff where you just try to get through level and just get a little bit higher score every time. But instead of blowing anything up, or getting killed yourself, you're just taking pictures. And they're pretty cute sometimes. It is. And it's just, it's amazing how like such a chill game, you know, still, like I said, for me, where I'm playing the game and I'm one of those people that when I play video games, I will yell at the game. And so, you know, I'll take a picture and show it to the professor and I'll be like, this is the best picture I have ever taken. It'll be like lower than what I thought it was. And I'm like, what do you want from me? What kind of picture do you want me to take? So, you know. (laughs) I relate so hard. I was just playing the nighttime in the desert level and a shooting star Pokemon came streaking across the sky and I took a picture of it just before it hit the ground. It was, to me, the most beautiful picture I've ever seen of a Pokemon in a video game. None of it's real. And I showed it to the professor and he said, I can't even see what that is. No score. I was like, oh. What? And I'm having some issues at my day job right now where I think I'm doing a pretty darn good job. And they're like, "Mm, should we fire you? We're definitely not going to promote you. I'm like, wait a minute. Everyone else is, I'm getting emails saying you're amazing. You're doing so good. But my bosses and some other people, they just don't see it. So I'm getting all my issues with my bosses out through this dang Pokemon professor, not liking my picture. So then I go back and I take a better picture. And he says, well, I have to admit, 
that is wonderful. Four thousand points. Says, God, you son of a bitch, you, you <laughs> you're right. You give me those points. You shut up. Then I leave. Then I just walk away. Oh boy, I'm really ranting. So enough out of me about Pokemon. Are there any thoughts about Pokemon Snap we haven't touched upon yet that you wanted to make sure people knew about from your mind you've been thinking about? I mean, I would say definitely don't go through any course with the expectation that, oh, I'm just going to do this a couple of times and I'm going to get everything I want. No, no, you, you mm. won't. It, it'll take a lot of times because, I mean, you're talking about getting pictures of all the Pokemon and getting one star, two star, three star, four star of each of those, and then trying to get a diamond in each of those categories. So it's just, you really have to like up the ante every time and figure out exactly what it wants from each of those components. Yeah, that's exactly right. And in that way, it actually reminds me a little bit of some of my favorite rhythm games of the past, like Parappa the Rapper and Um Jammer Lammy, because they had an internal music critic that would judge you as to whether you were good or cool based on how you improvise. I don't know if you played those games. They're pretty old at this point. So you could play these music games in an improvisational way. And if you played music in a way that the critic inside the game that you couldn't talk to, you couldn't ask them what kind of music they like, whether they like you to hit the button a bunch or just every once in a while, you just had to guess and keep trying keep trying. But if you learned to make it happy, then rainbows explode and you like blast off into space and then chocolate bars and all these rewards come to you, these silly, surreal video game rewards, of course. But getting to be able to appease that internal critic can help you deal with it when real life doesn't seem to be something you can do right, so to speak, in the eyes of the judges of our world. But the video game judges, they are hard to figure out too, but when you fail, in their world, you don't end up evicted, so it's okay. You can like <laughs> deal with your, I deal with my failures in a safe place there and then overcome them and feel like a, a little bit of a success for a little while, even though real life is still something of a struggle. True, and I can swear at Professor Mir as much as I want and I can't do that to like my boss, so you know. That's exactly right. <laughs> is that the thing that you would want people to know about new Pokemon Snap that they can't tell from just reading about it, watching a Let's Play, watching a trailer, looking at screenshots, because I don't think it's the kind of game that you can really understand what it's like to play it until you play it. So the games you can look at, gameplay, videos, screenshots, read about it. You're like, I pretty much get what that is, but not so with Pokemon Snap. I feel you really need to play it. Is there anything you would wanna let people know about in terms of what it's like to actually play it to help them understand if they've never played it before. I think that it's just, you have to kind of know where to set your bar with the game and to kind of take your time, enjoy it. Because I think if you get too obsessed with hitting all of the marks very quickly, then it can become frustrating. And I don't think it's a game that's really meant to be frustrating. I mean, mm. it's really, it's just supposed to be like, pure joy. Oh my gosh. I'm essentially in this Jurassic Park-esque type Pokemon situation. And I get to see all of these wonderful, beautiful Pokemon and photograph them being cute. And that's really what the game is about. So you kind of have to balance that goal reaching aspect with just enjoying it. Extremely well put. Extremely good advice. I'm thinking more about it now. And one of the things I've always liked about Pokemon Snap, and this is true of the original one, but more so of this new one. It's like that moment in this movie, Princess Mononoke, where the main character sees this weird deer with a human face walk by in the woods and just looks at him. And he's like, what? Human face deer? And then it just leaves. And he's like, did that really happen? Was that really my life? How could I have made more of that moment that was so fleeting? That's Pokemon Snap like nonstop. Just these little moments where if you're lucky and you're fast, you'll get a picture of it. And if not, it's like, wow, I know that happened, but the world will never know unless I play it again. All of a sudden, two hours have gone by and you've done the same level over and over again, just trying to get a picture of that cat yawning. It's the real magic of video games, this game. That's, that's yeah. my take. It's such a pretty game. It's probably one of the prettiest Pokemon games that I've ever seen. You know, and, it, and it's really... I mean, some people might say, oh, well, it's not the same thing because you're not catching them and that sort of thing. But 
in a way you are it's mm -hmm. just in a different way it's, it's taking the photo instead of actually like catching it but it's still the same concept really when it comes down to it absolutely the thing i've always loved about pokemon is it's like art collecting but you don't need any money because you find the art, which is just the character design of the Pokemon in the grass, and then beat it up and steal it. <laughs> so, sort, of, sort of like mugging art. But in this, you don't even have to beat it up. You just take a picture of it. Or don't take a picture of it and just know in your mind you had that experience with it. It really is as serene as it gets, but still, as you said, competitive. And I love the way you summed up how it is both calm and tense at the same time. And I think that that's the best way to enjoy a game is to have that balance. So, I mean, I think that's why it's just a, a fantastic game to play. Well, thanks for coming on, Christine. Talk knows yeah. about new Pokemon Snap. I had a great time. Absolutely. I'm sorry for talking too much. I'm just excited about Pokemon Snap. So yeah, wow. I did not know I had all that in me. I yeah. was excited to hear everything Christine had to say and then I just went Kept talking. friggin' bananas thinking about Pokemon Snap. Christine, he'll make it up to you next time you're on the show. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. I, and I was excited to talk to Christine too. She brings it out of me. She brings out a lot of excitement and enthusiasm. And I was so fascinated with the fact that she got started with Pokemon Go. And it only hit me afterwards that new Pokemon Snap is essentially Pokemon Go without having to actually go. You can just sit in your living room. I and, know, but and it was the Go that got people going. The Go got people day. going, big yeah. time. But the Go was also, especially in a pandemic where you don't want to huddle around strangers, it was a lot of work for people. And Pokemon Go is still very popular, but it has petered off a little bit. Whereas Pokemon Snap, new Pokemon Snap, my understanding is it's selling phenomenally well, better than PS5 games, and it's one of the top sellers. Well, Pokemon Go is doing the work of the people, though. You remember how people were finding bodies because of Pokemon Go. I had forgotten that people were finding <laughs> bodies because of... <laughs> this is like, why am I... Tell me more. Jeffrey Dahmer is a Pokemon? No, no, in no. A way? People were using Pokemon. Pokemon Go and going out and about they're like we'll go to this park catch them all there's a pokemon in this remote wooded area and there's a real body <laughs> you, don't, you don't remember this whole thing you've got to have heard about that there are multiple bodies found due to pokemon, pokemon go, go people. people going out and they're looking at their screens and they think they trip over a log and it's just a cadaver <laughs> <laughs> so so I had not caught that. I was sort of oblivious to Pokemon Go. I didn't really want to play it. I didn't want to get out there. Oh, it's fact. I believe it. I'll, I'll Google it. Absolutely believe the Stand By Me-esque scenario, except in the modern times, instead of it being a bunch of boys walking on a train track and then getting slugs all over their body, they're just mm -hmm. got their phones down, catching Gengar and Snorlax and all the other Pokemon. That's uh, a totally different twist. Yeah. Probably not as entertaining of a movie. But more, I guess, for me anyway, relatable. I can relate with being so obsessed with a video game that I don't even notice I'm stumbling upon a corpse. <laughs> Isn't that fun? So Pokemon Go had, and you know more about it than me because I think you played it, it I had did. more of a social, had more of a competitive even mm -hmm. aspect to it. Christine was telling me a little bit about how she was in Valor and then her boyfriend was in a different Pokemon League and they would compete against each other and stuff like that. And it got me thinking about competition and lo and behold, the one and only Redneck Tonberry yep. wanted to talk all about it too. So here's Tonberry talking about her recent experiences with video game competition. What's your grudge? I want to hear about it. Tell me about that grudge. Tonberry, so happy to have you back, but puzzled, scared, excited. Don't know where it's going to go. Last time we talked, you didn't even have a grudge. You had an appreciation for Yakuza like a dragon. Is it going to be another feel-good week? Is it going to be a feel-bad week? What's going to happen this week? Well, I finished it. I finished Yakuza like a dragon. You did? I'm grateful for it, but now I'm pissed off because it's over. So you felt good and now you feel bad. Well, yeah, and I know Mr. Rogers likes to say, well, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. That, uh, that, that's not very good, Mr. Rogers. But regardless. <laughs> wow. Uh, yes, Mr. Rogers, love him, but you can't just decide what to do and how to feel. And you're not feeling 100% good right now is my sense. Nah, but after I was done with the Yakuza, I decided I wanted to do crimes. Because that's what that game's about. Mm -hmm. So I snuck into the movie theater. Wow. 
I did. I snuck into the movie theater because nobody's looking down where I am. Because you're, you're small. I'm very small. So I just sort of waddled my little green ass into the movie theater, hopped up on a seat. I watched the Mortal Kombat movie. The new one? Oh, yeah. How was it? What was it like? It was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was real. I mean, it's nice to see a Mortal Kombat movie where people are actually getting their heads hit off and Whoa. You know, getting gory. And oh yeah, and they're wow. dropping f bombs all over the place. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> sounds very sounds very fun. Sounds mature and immature in the best possible ways together. It's Mortal Kombat. That's Mortal Kombat. I started thinking about how I mean I used to really like them games. So I went home back to my trailer and I played Mortal Kombat 11 online. And let me tell you, I got so pissed off. I got so pissed off. I needed a nap after like an hour. So, so like uh, a rage induced sleepiness, like an exhaustion. Well, how did that work? Pretty much. Wow. Huh. It got me thinking. Mm. The whole point of most competitive video games is to make it so that your opponent cannot play or enjoy themselves. Yeah, it's a, it's a power trip, I think, to force someone else to be powerless, to feel worse, to lose, and to end up feeling inferior to you. Some people play fighting games because they're competing against themselves. They want to self-improve. Other people just want to make somebody else feel worse. And you get a lot of that online, I find. You do. You mm. do. When you got that barrier of anonymity. Mm. Mm. That's enticing. But that, hey, you know what? Being offline don't stop some people. Because after I woke up from a nap, I was like, you know what? I bet I could see people getting angrier at video games than I do. Mm. So I went and I watched one of them videos on YouTube.com about like, I think they're called salt compilations. It's mostly Super Smash Brothers that seems to broadcast them. It's mm. almost like they're proud of it. They're <laughs> proud of how pissed off all these guys get and it's pretty much always guys they're they they get so angry mm. about this video game about pikachu pikachu and mario and like it's like how can you get pissed off when the duck hunt dog is fighting sephiroth in dracula's castle from castlevania and then dracula shows up sometimes if i remember correctly does, yeah yeah it's uh it's interesting smash brothers in particular is something i've thought about for a lot of years and some of the angriest i've ever made people in the world ever has to do with smash brothers i once wrote an op-ed about how i missed tripping in smash brothers they took it out after smash brothers brawl and i said i kind of liked it it added a random element and it showed me the player that i don't have full control luck it can help me or hurt me and that's real life i like the reality of that and people were like you need to be fired and or be attacked physically for this opinion <laughs> very 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 upset thousands of comments people writing their own articles to counter me to try to get me fired and banned from the world of video games and it was all about control in the end that's the thing about smash brothers in particular is you have so much control over every little bit of your character, the physics, the wake-ups, all the different aspects to, to what makes the character move, you get more control in that game. And therefore, I find that the people really love it. Sometimes they're the most controlling and the most hungry to make others suffer, to control how bad their opponents feel and really laugh at them when they lose. They get real mean, those Smash guys. Not all of them. Some of them are great. Some of them super mean. Yeah. I don't know what it is about competitive video games that does that to people. Mm -hmm. I mean... Competitive real world sports does that to people too, whether they're mm. playing them or not. Yeah, especially team sports. When you align oh, yeah. yourself with a team and they win or lose, then it's riot, then it's burn the cars, it's punch strangers in the face, it's scream all night, fireworks. It's wild how animalistic people get around these things. Yeah, and you know what it reminds me of actually? Mm -hmm. It reminds me of the scenes from the older Mortal Kombat movies. There's like a point where, you know, Goro is in the ring and he's fighting some guy and he's flexing the big stupid Muppet Goro outfit that I love. I love it so much. I might watch that movie tonight. It's great. But everybody's just chanting, finish him, finish him, finish him. It's bloodlust. And it's yeah! removed from what we see in video games and in the real world, meat space, some people call it. Meat space? Like meat in space? Some people refer to the world outside of the internet as meat space. 
Because that's that's what human beings are. They're meat. We all are. We're so yeah. told that I've never eaten one. You say that as though you haven't ruled it out in the future, though. Because I haven't. I don't know. I might get hungry. I might get curious. There won't be anybody in this. <laughs> so you might not. You might not even be hungry. You might only be curious. <laughs> well, maybe you'll be sitting at a traffic stop one day in maybe. your car. Yeah. And then you'll just look to your right and I'll be there in the front seat, just sort of nibbling on you a little bit. Just <laughs> You're so small. No offense to, to say that you're so small that you're not noticeable, but and I look straight ahead out on the roads. I don't always look down and around where things are going on in the passenger seat where the feet would go if somebody was sitting there. That's where you would be hiding. Oh, yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe I'll get to Nibbler. <laughs> or maybe I'll decide it's not worth the effort and I'll have a taco. You don't know yet. You live your life in a way where you're open to the possibilities. That's the power you have. You're open. You're trying new things. You're seeing what can happen, adventurous. You're less about the power of dominating and destroying another being. So I don't know, even though you love Mortal Kombat, you love the movie, I wonder if competitive Mortal Kombat can really be for you. I doubt it. Having said that, I did try out a new character. Oh yeah? Oh yeah. Maybe playing as a Cetrion will be more my speed because she throws rocks and I like that because I can't really. I ain't got a good throwing arm. No, I've seen what I think your arms look like. I've never seen your actual arms. I've just looked up pictures of Tonberry arms on Google. We are not renowned for our upper body strength. Gotta say, we can't pick up big old rocks. Cetrion can. Cetrion is- Cetrion can do that, but I cannot. Mm, So you're living the dream in a way, a fantasy. And isn't that what video games are all about? Yeah, they sure could be. To get to know the character, through playing as them, getting to know their moveset, getting to know their nuances and intricacies. It's a certain kind of closeness without any of the problems that come from real closeness a lot of the time. And certainly none of the feel bad you get from somebody getting close to you and then trying to make your life worse as it goes with online. I, I think sticking maybe with Cetrion in just story mode, maybe that'll be fun. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Then again, I've seen what happens to her in story mode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel for her. I really do. Oh, so to close up, is there a grudge this time? That's where I started yeah. wondering. Yeah, there you is. know what? There is a grudge. What is it? What is it? If you're playing a video game online, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear the sound of your voice. Turn your goddamn microphone off. Your damn headset. Where did this come from? I swear <laughs> to God, are people migrating to Mortal Kombat from Call of Duty or some shit? So when you played online... Not only did you lose sometimes, but you had to hear people like smacking their lips and talking smack and all that smack. I, I mean, I, I muted my TV. Wow. I muted my TV and I just turned on a Johnny Cash album and that was better. My Lord, that is to me intrusive and borderline abusive to make people have to listen to you while you talk. I used to play video games in the arcades. Silence, maybe a good game or hmm, huh. Maybe try again. You know, tiny bit of smack talk, but the anonymity, as you said, that comes with online just allows people to treat each other like garbage, like NPCs. It's not right. Yeah, it really isn't. I feel like I'm more upset about it than you. I'm, I'm, I'm mad on your behalf. Feel they, protective. I mean, don't you worry. I know how to take care of myself. You see what happened over at Sony? Oh, that's right. I told you, you cousin Jeb, we're going to get her done. You're welcome. To call back for people who may not have heard it, you and I were both upset that PS3, PS Vita, and PSP stores were going down, and now they're not going down. That was all you. Yep. You should have seen it. It was raw as hell. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I could have, and I hope that he can do similar things to the world of people talking to strangers in a mean way, lip smacking on their microphones and fighting games. Maybe that'll be the next change you make to make the world a better place. Through, through beating the hell out of people with a rolling pen. <laughs> That's how you did it? Mm-hmm. Right in the shins to start off with. She told us about her grudge. Now let's get back to the show. Thanks, Tonberry. Tonberry, then maybe feistier than ever. That was that was so feisty. But 
definitely feeling the good and the bad these days. It's good to hear her feeling so good, and good to hear her feeling connected to a fighting game character like Centrion. I learn something new every time I talk to her. I uh, used to love a fighting game character myself, you know, Tanya. Really? Yes. Okay. It was Dan. Who's Dan? Dan? Dan the man? <laughs> I don't know. The opposite. Dan is a Street Fighter character, a secret character. Really? You had to do a special code you put in your quarter, and then this was such a high wire act. I can't believe video games used to be this way. I don't know if kids out there can relate, but you put in a quarter, 50 cents, sometimes 75 cents yeah. to play your game, and then you're on the character select screen, Yep. and then you have to do a secret code where you leave the cursor on one character for like exactly five seconds. You gotta count it out. Oh my God. And then move it over, three, 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 to the other one. Two seconds. Down, down. Wait. Now three, now two, now three, now two. Like it was like a did, dance. So I wanted to ask you about this. Did they leak information out about this or did people discover this on their own? It was mostly discovering on your own and then word. God. Yeah, because there was video game magazines came out once a month and it was all three month old news a lot of the time. So yes, word on the street, you discover Akuma's unlockable and X-Men Children of the Atom. That was a really Do you, But I one. wonder if really there was some sort of an industry leak. Because no, and these are games from Japan. The people who made them, I could go on about this for a long time. Capcom, who made the Street Fighter games at the time, the U.S. branch in the 90s seemed to actually hate the games they were making. Oh, wow. And made box art for these games that looked like garbage. It seemed to be on purpose because they're like, we hate our lives. We hate our games. Now you have to hate them too. It was bizarre. Anyway, Dan. You love Dan. Secret character. Not that hard of an input to get him in there, but the thing about doing those secret character unlocks is if you messed up, then you just get stuck with some character you didn't want. So you are not only risking losing in the game, you are risking not getting the character you even wanted to select if you didn't do the code right. It was a constant high wire act competing against yourself to do a little bit better at entering the codes and then playing the game. Dan! Yeah. A lot of work. Unlockable character. You'd think, wow, he's going to be good. Sucked. The worst character in any fighting game ever. Oh, wow. On purpose. Oh, The other characters throw fireballs. You. Yeah. He just throws like a little, like a little, just like a little spurt. Like it oh, barely shoots out. Oh, man. Yeah, he's empty. He's already... He's spent. <laughs> he's spent. Oh, poor Dan. What is he wearing? Uh, a pink karate gi. Oh, that's awesome. Yep, and he's got a ponytail. Oh, but you know what, though? That's kind of crappy because they're like, oh, a man in pink. I, maybe. I played as him. It worked for me. I related to him. So I lost in Street Fighter a lot. I would play against guys who were much better than me. A lot of them didn't speak English, so I couldn't even talk to them. I think they were talking behind my back. And I think they might have been in a street gang. I'm not sure. Really? They were the cool guys. Oh. Yeah. And I'd be like, I'm going to beat them. And I would just lose, lose, lose. Then I would pick Dan and lose. But <laughs> and but they would be like, but he got Dan. But he got Dan and he did pretty good considering he was using Dan. Like, he hit me like four times. I didn't think anyone could hit me at all with Dan because he's, he's a, you know, he's a Yeah, poor Dan. Poor Dan. He's still at it. He's in Street Fighter V. They, they've stuck with him. So that is my favorite fighting game character because I really related with his loserness, with how oh. much he didn't fit in and how he wasn't cool. But look at you. I'm all right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay, I suppose. Oh, man. So did we figure out if video games are good for you or not? Sort of. Mixed bag, I Mixed would say. Bag. Yeah. I'm still talking about what they've meant to me over I'd the years. I'd have to play one to know. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't played a ton of them lately. There is a game I wanted to make sure we talked about today that I'm sure is good for you. It's called Spirit Swap. I think today might be the last day of the Kickstarter. Maybe it's tomorrow. So take a look for it it is match three to lo-fi beats i believe is the catchphrase for it it's being put together by a group called soft not weak i know mm -hmm. one of them a little bit alex really interesting person really good person who's been putting together this game that's sort of about queer arabs wow queer arabs not a lot of representation of queer that's arabs what i was just thinking in, in the united game. states or in the gaming industry at all. In general. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool stuff. And it is a game where you play as marginalized folks who don't feel marginalized because they live in a magical world where they're empowered and happy all the time. And they just play puzzle games to a beat. Oh. Puzzle games, very good for your brain. Very good for... I would for... do that. Yeah, you might like I it. I would do that. They're yeah. good for coping with the moment because they force you to focus on the moment and integrate what's happening in the moment with what 
happened in your past moment, which is what's collected in the field of puzzle blocks that you have left over. I don't know if you've thought about this way, but in Tetris, a piece comes down. Yes, it does. That's your present moment. You've got to fit it in with your past, which is all the other pieces you've already fit down oh there. Oh my gosh. And then when you integrate it right, clears away and you're free of that blockage. You're free from all the junk oh that's been collecting God. in your brain. Tetris! Whoa! Whoa. It's true. I did wow. an Art Hawk episode about it. Art Hawk talked all about this. Art Hawk's <laughs> going to be in a new video game called Whisker Squadron, by the way. Gosh. I paid $500 for it, though. You know I did. you didn't. Oh. I backed the game for $500, and Art Hawk is going to be a character in it now. Oh, my God. It's really important to It's you. a real waste of money, but I figured it's just going to Chinese food. I'm going to hold off on eating out for five weeks or something, or ten weeks. You spend a hundred bucks a week on Chinese food? Fifty bucks a week, probably on Chinese food. Not just for me, but you know. Yeah. I buy for others. Yeah. So uh, we'll just hold off on Chinese food for five weeks, ten weeks. I can't math. I think it's ten. It would be like ten. Yeah. So a few months. months. And oh, the sacrifice! The sacrifice. (laughs) Uh, let's wrap up. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So, Do you think the music's already started? I, I know that it has. <laughs> Nintendo Force Magazine, I'm still writing for them. Just wrote a review of a game called Narita Boy and another game called R-Type Final 2. It's pretty ironic because it's not ironic. <laughs> so it's like That's a, a pun. Game. Yeah, it's a little, a little punny. Uh, R-Type Final 2, an ironic name because it's obviously not the final because it's a sequel. Maybe those reviews are good. The games are all right. The reviews are hopefully great, but the games themselves, anyway. And I've got Boston's Favorite Son, I think. We've all been super out of touch, actually. i got to get in touch with my old pals, see if they want to do that show. Same with The Worst Song on Earth. That's on hiatus for now. One of the cast members on the show's wife just had a baby, so he's pretty busy. Wow. But maybe that'll come back. Yeah, who knows? We're yeah, just we, having some fun. We keep talking about revamping the Kitty Cat Paws cast, and it just hasn't happened. I know, but this show. We've been going. Solid as a rock. Yeah. Great episode, Tanya. Every other week. (laughs) We're here for you. That's right. (laughs) Talking about video games. Bye, guys. Bye.